Hey there, Ralph Garman here. Thanks so much for checking out this free edition of The Ralph Report. If you like what you hear, do me a favor. Subscribe to The Ralph Report so we can put some fun in your ears five days a week. And you can listen for as little as $3 a month. So subscribe today so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up. Welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Well, hello there, boys and girls. Welcome back to The Ralph Report to me. How about that? Welcome back to me and the vice host. I'm your old podcast pal, Ralph Garman, sitting here. For the first time in a while is the vice host himself, Mr. Eddie Pence. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the first live on tape show in a while. You sound refreshed. I am refreshed. <laughs> I'm see if I can remember how to do this now. <laughs> I've been off for a whole week. It is Monday, September 30th. Thanks for joining us. Thanks to everybody for giving me a little uh, break there while I went away and did some other stuff. And now I'm back. Good. Rested. Good to be back. Tanned. You're tanned? Yeah. Look at me. I'm glowing. <laughs> Hate to see pale. I'm, I'm a bronzed god. <laughs> and uh, had a little rest. And now we're back with a, a brand new Ralph Report for this Monday. So happy to have you join us. Look, I know, Mondays suck. But we're going to make today suck a little bit less because we got a great show lined up for you today. Because on the counter, you want to know why? Well, I'll tell you why. Because we're going to talk a little football at the top. Not that much, oh, though, Eddie. please, let's not. Yeah. Let's get on to hockey season. <laughs> Poor Eddie Pence. <laughs> oh, damn it. He's still sad from Ugh. yesterday. Ugh. His uh, Washington Redskins Ugh. now sitting at 0-4. Uh, 0-4. They, they're going to lose the Patriots next week, and then I'm not going to be shocked when they lose the Dolphins the week after that. No. Yes. Nobody's lo- losing yes, to the Dolphins. They will. Wow. They will. You are. You're selling. You're selling all your stock, aren't I'm you? I'm so off the bandwagon, yeah. I can't even see it anymore. Yeah. Uh, last week, of course, my Eagles uh, eked out a victory, saving their season over the uh, impressive Green Bay Packers, but uh, we managed to get a little lucky, and I'll take luck anytime. Yeah, luck so, always wins. So we're not going to talk too much about football today, but we do have a lot of shows for you today, including all the entertainment news, of course. And uh, before we get any further, I did want to thank everybody who was so kind about letting me have some time off last week. I ended up not... Uh, relaxing as much as I expected to. I thought maybe I'd get away for a couple days. You never do. No, I never do. It's not your personality. Well, here's the thing. Life (laughs) is busy and you have to do things. Yeah. So sometimes when you have free time, which I had because I wasn't uh, doing a a Ralph report every day, you say, oh my God, I forgot. There's about a billion things here at the house that need to be done. Yeah. And so that's what I did. I I had a staycation. I mean, I slept in and I relaxed, but I ended up doing a lot of work around the house. But it was great because I like doing that stuff. And it was great to have the time and the opportunity to do that. So thanks to everybody who who, uh, was so kind and so accommodating and letting me run off and do that. But I'm happy to be back for you guys. Uh, Also, last week, besides playing the live show on Monday, I did play some of the greatest hits of some interviews in the past. And you guys were also really kind about that, like Paul, who called in. Hey, Ralph, Paul Montreal, two-star general. Just wanted to say, I hope you had a good week off. Eddie, well, you know, you got other things to keep you busy uh, and make money. Um, but uh, just wanted to thank you for all the flashbacks. They were among some of your better interviews best interviews i think uh and it was really fun to be able to go back and uh, listen to them again without having to dig through the patreon archives so thanks look forward to seeing you uh, or hearing you again and uh lmb thank you paul i got many calls like that you guys really seem to like the interviews and it was uh, great to revisit some of those because i haven't heard of yeah. really in a long time either that's so. a great name too paul montreal I don't believe his last name is Montreal. Oh, it I believe, should be. I believe he's from Montreal. Oh, he should call himself Paul Montreal. And that's a great that's name. That's where he was calling. That's from. a great name. So many people called in and uh, <laughs> were complimentary about the interviews as well. So it was a good week last week, but here we are again with a brand new week. Another thing that happened last week, got a ton of emails and phone calls about this. Uh, former French President Jacques Chirac passed away last week. And yesterday, if you saw it in the news, but they did the uh, the convoy through Paris as they took his body to lie in state, as they say. They paid tribute to the 86-year-old former president. He was president of France from the years 1995 to 2007, 12 years as president. 
and he was much beloved, and a lot of people were, you know, tweeting their remembrances of him. A lot of heads of state were talking about what a charismatic leader he was and how his domestic international policies really changed the, uh, the fortunes of France in many ways. And a lot of people reached out to me because I have a personal relationship with Jacques Chirac. Yes. <laughs> and some people are familiar with it, and some people aren't. And some people said they hadn't heard me talk about it, even though they were aware of what had happened with me and the president. So I thought today would be a good day to revisit that moment in history before we got into the uh, the show itself. So let me uh, set the Wayback Machine for 2003, boys and girls. And I was, of course, still working in morning radio here in Los Angeles. And you have to know what the political climate was at the time. There was a guy named Saddam Hussein. And there was a debate going on whether the fact that he was in possession of weapons of mass destruction or yeah. not, which is a phrase we heard quite a bit back yep. then. Some people said he had these weapons and that we had to go to war to stop him. Yeah. Those people being largely President Bush at the time. Yes. Some people said, let's not jump into a conflict that would cost millions of dollars and millions of lives or thousands of thousands. lives. Well, to this date, who knows? Yeah. Um, let's wait and let the UN inspectors do their job and find out the facts. So there was a big debate going on at the time. Yeah. America was very pro, let's go in and fight the war for any number of reasons. And you can look it up in the history books and make your decision whether they were legitimate reasons or not. Some people say it was the uh, military industrial complex just looking to get into a confrontation to justify their position. Some people thought maybe it was a, a distraction from uh, domestic issues at the time. You know, you have to remember this is post 9-11. We were looking for an enemy, some yeah. people say. Oil, too. Oil factored in. So uh, a lot of people said the uh, the U.S. was um, misguided in their eagerness to get into a conflict. Now, other countries like France, which at the time was being led by Jacques Chirac, they were more on the side of caution, saying, let's let the U.N. inspectors do their job, and then we'll decide how to handle this dictator. Everyone, everyone agreed he was a dictator. Yes. He was a bad dude. But there was just a difference of opinion on how we should handle the situation. All right. So that's the climate. That's the political climate of what's going on. Now, being wacky morning show DJs, <laughs> we tried to find a way to trivialize the tensions that were going on internationally and find some way to make it entertaining. And here was our premise. Jerry Lewis is beloved in France. Now, whether you know this or not, that is an absolute fact. He is worshipped as a cinematic and comedic god in France. For whatever reason, <laughs> they hold him in the highest regard. And with that knowledge, we said, wouldn't it be interesting if Jerry Lewis started calling random French people, getting them on the phone, and trying to convince them to see things the U.S. way, which was, let's go in and take out Saddam Hussein. <laughs> that was the premise. <laughs> and I'm serious. If you don't remember, back in 2003, it was, there was a real tension between the United States and France because the U.S., was so gung-ho, and France was really dragging their feet. And those are the main two um, faces of that, that, that debate. So much so that even, I believe, at the, uh, the cafeteria... In the Senate. In the Senate, they changed the name <laughs> on the menu of French fries oh, to Freedom Fries. God. This was... Absurd. Absurd. So to make it more absurd, we took it upon ourselves to get a list of random French people's phone numbers... And we thought it'd be funny if Jerry Lewis, in quotes, were to call these people and try to convince them <laughs> to see things our, in quotes, way. All right. That's the premise. Now, as you can imagine, I'm doing Jerry Lewis at this point. I'm doing a Jerry Lewis impression, calling these random French people up. This is what the bit sounded like. Here's one of the random calls we did. This is me as Jerry Lewis talking to this poor lady, bothering this poor lady in France, trying to convince her to uh, to be on the American side, the American viewpoint of how we should handle Saddam Hussein. Hello? Hello? Hello, is Albert Caroline there, please? Yes, it's Caroline speaking. This is Caroline. Caroline, this is Jerry Lewis. Do you know Jerry Lewis over there? <laughs> Hello, Caroline? <laughs> yes. This is Jerry Lewis calling you from the United States of America. Yes. Do you know, do you know my work over there, Jerry Lewis? Of course, I know your name. Thank you very much. I'm glad to know that. Listen, Caroline, I'm talking to you today. I'm making some phone calls to people in France because we're having some problems here in the United States, you know, with this whole war thing. 
know. And we know the people in France aren't so on board with what we want to do, going and bombing with the Iraq and the badness man over there. Yeah. So I'm wondering if maybe we can find some way to come together, the United States people and the French people, and we can put our differences aside and agree that we have to stop this craziness madman from Dohoi and the blowing up with the things. Of course, we have to stop that. So you're uh, you're on board then? Sorry? We can count on your support then? Yeah, sure. Oh, Caroline, thank you so much. That means so much to me, more than my kids walking or anything. What you said right there makes me happy. Okay. Thank you. And call the people Thanks. who run your government and let them know that you you want to change things. Yes. All right. Yes. All right. God bless you, darling. So, bye-bye. Bye-bye from Jerry Lewis. <laughs> okay. So, there's a series of random phone calls that go much like that. Now, here's the thing. When you're doing, uh, well, any comedy, you look for what they call in the comedy business the button, right? What's yeah. going to be the final piece? Yeah. And especially in morning radio, you want to get out on a high note and then you want to go into commercials or a song or whatever you do. So here's the premise. We were going to make these phone calls and then we had the phone number to the presidential palace in Paris, I assume. That's where it is. I, I don't suppose. Know. And we're going to call up President Jacques Chirac, who was president at the time, and Jerry Lewis was going to ask to speak with him. And we were fully expecting... Uh, to be hung up on or to be berated or have cursing in French come my way or something like that. So we make that last phone call and a woman answers and I say, hello there, this is Jerry Lewis. I'd like to talk to the president, please. And we hear her say something in French and then a click. So ba -da -ba -ba -da -ba, we figure that's right. the end. I've been hung up on. Isn't that hilarious? And because we've been hung up on, on our side of the phone, no one bothers to hang up the phone because we assume the line will go dead because we've been hung up on. We go into uh, commercials, and while we're sitting there in the studio, the line is still active. We hear um, that same woman's voice come back on and say, um, Monsieur Lewis, are you still there? And the mics are hot, and so I go, yes, I'm still here, Jerry Lewis. <laughs> and she says, please hold for the president. <laughs> now everyone in the room is shitting themselves and there's an instant silent debate as to whether we should bail or continue and stupidly we decided to continue now this is 2003 i'm not sure if this phone call has ever been played in its entirety since because i'll tell you what happened the fallout from this phone call after yeah. i play it for you but I thought, I love the Garmy so much. So many people seemed interested after hearing the news of President Chirac's passing. I thought I would play it for you in its entirety. This is me talking to the president of France, Jacques Chirac, as Jerry Lewis, <laughs> about a very serious international situation. And you'll notice I don't make a lot of jokes during this because... Frankly, I'm scared to death. Yeah. And I'm thinking, if I say the wrong thing. Start a war. I could start a war. Insane. Literally, I thought Insane. that. I don't know what I was thinking. I should have instantly stopped talking and gotten off the phone. Oh. But sometimes in the heat of battle, when you're eager to make an impression and you're trying to, trying to get attention as a morning radio show, you do stupid things. You make poor judgment. This was one of those things. So for the first time in my, as far as I know, the first time in a long time, no one has heard this in a while. I'm playing the uh, the conversation in its entirety. This is Jerry Lewis talking to President Jacques Chirac of France. Hello. Nice French lady. Hello. Hello, nice French lady. How are you? Still Jerry Lewis holding here. Is that uh, Jerry Lewis? Uh, who are you calling from? I'm calling from Los Angeles, California, baby. Okay. Uh, I pass it to the president. He is just right now here. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Oh, hold on one second. Hello. President Chirac. Jacques Chirac speaking. President Jerry Lewis here from the United uh, States of America. May I be sh can I be sure that you are Jerry Lewis speaking? I don't know how I can ma make you not sure, sir. But <laughs> I, what can I do for you to make you think that it's me? No, I recognize your voice. Oh, excellent then. then no doubt about that. Thank you so much, sir. So, Mr. President, I'm just concerned with the differences between our countries right now going on. Yes, uh, I'm concerned also. 
Because I know that the, our President Bush is putting that thing up with the UN this week, and I just I'm concerned how we're going to handle this international crisis. Because obviously, you know, this man has to be dealt with. This Saddam Hussein. Well, we um, well, as you know, we and the United States are, and uh, we are friends, and we always will be friends. I we certainly have hope so. We have a difference of appreciation about the story of uh, of Iraq today. That uh, doesn't mean that we are going to fight against each other, of course. Well, I certainly hope not, because, you know, I, France means so much to me, and you've been so kind and goodness to me, and I just want us to be able to work together and, and solve this problem. Yes, I understand that, and I want also to uh to to go in that way i mean uh, we don't want to have any problem with the united states as you know and mainly with the people of the united states but also with uh, uh, the president bush and his people of course well the reason i'm concerned sir and the reason i wanted to call you is because many americans here are having very angry feelings towards france they're very upset with france because of this whole thing and i want to be able to tell them that you're our friends I understand that, uh, but you know, uh, the contrary is also true. There is many, many people all over the world who are very angry with the way the uh, United States handled this crisis, because uh, the war is always a bad solution for problems, to solve problems when it is possible to uh, find other solution. And uh, this is the case. We can, uh, through the inspectors, we can... Uh, uh, rise to our to our common objective, uh, which is to disarm Iraq without war, and that's why we don't understand why we are going to have so many people killed and uh, so many problems uh, when we can do uh, the, the same, uh, when we can achieve the same uh, without war. That is uh, the difference of appreciation, you know? I understand, sir, completely, but I think we're afraid if someone doesn't stop this crazy mother he's going to blow everybody up. He's going to, which will be too late, he'll have bombs of mass destruction and be killing people. Well, I think now we have, uh, I share completely your point of view about Saddam, of course, uh, without any reserve, uh, as you mean. I'm you sure you do, sir. But, but, uh, I tell you that today, as the inspectors say, we can, uh, disarm completely within one or two months, uh, Iraq without killing anybody, which is, uh, the best solution anyway. So let me ask you, sir, and do you I think that is now possible because the United States sent so many boys over there. That right. is the reason why Saddam had to accept uh, what the inspectors want. I absolutely, I understand. But let me ask you, do you think then, in fa if you still believe that way, that you'll still be vetoing any uh, resolution the United States puts up with the UN? Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't get that. Do you, do you think you're still planning on vetoing a resolution that the United States and the British will bring to the UN this week, then? Well, I don't know if they are going to send a resolution uh, to the UN this week. Uh, this is not yet sure. Right, I just but heard rumors. The, the resolution um, that the wanted to send a few days ago uh, says you have one week and over one week we attack that is not reasonable you know i understand sir but you let know, me you, 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 you i understand very well. we are very grateful to the united states for their action without the boys sent over there no doubt we should not have had the result which means saddam accepting uh, to disarm Right. But now I think we have to go, um, we have to achieve this uh, procedure. Uh, we can avoid war, which is always, always a bad uh, solution. And as you know, and the United States must be very careful about that, as you know, uh, there is a great, great number of people of uh, all over the world who are very, very sorry about the uh, the, the will 
uh, of war uh, of the United States. And the United States, they have to be careful because if they have all the people against them, it's, it's no good for the equilibrium of the, uh, of the, um, of the world. And, uh, well, uh, that's the way uh, most of the people think. In fact, the United States, I had, uh, I said it, they already won uh, the war mm -hmm. because Saddam now accepts uh, to be disarmed by the inspectors. They won. That is a fact. That, I understand completely what you're saying, Monsieur President, and, and it's true. Nobody wants war. Nobody wants people to die. And I, I, wa I want to tell you that I will try to convey your sentiments and your feelings to the people of the United States the best that I can. Well, I thank you very much, but you must understand one thing. Yes, sir. France and I, we are and we shall, and we shall be always the uh, friends of America, even if we have uh, two different views on this, uh, this problem. I hope that will always be the case, sir. And I hope next time I'm, I'm in France, perhaps we can get together and visit a little bit. Well, and I hope when you when you come to uh, to Europe, if you pass by Paris, I'd be very pleased to meet you. It would be, a, be my pleasure and my great honor, sir. Thank you so much for it spending was a some pleasure for me. Thank you so much for spending a little time with me on the phone today. I know you're very busy with all your French business. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure for me to hear you. All right, bye bye, sir. Wow. So that was <laughs> insane. My phone call, my conversation with the late President Jacques Chirac. That's insane. I mean, that's right. That's crazy. It's still when I listen to it, I can't believe it happened. It's surreal sounding. It really is. And but how kind and smart and reasonable does that man sound when you listen to him? I mean, speak? that's what you want in a world leader. It was when I got off the phone, I was like, oh, my God, he's right. And we're wrong. Yeah. You know, we were doing it as a gag. But after I heard him speak, I was like, that makes so much goddamn sense. Oh. What is our government doing? In yeah. this situation, like, what is honestly the counter argument to what he was saying? There it isn't made one. Perfect sense. And some 15 years later, 16 years later, as we're still living with billions of dollars, the repercussions of those choices, millions of lives, you recognize what a smart, uh, a insightful leader that Jacques Chirac was. Yeah. Wow. So that was one of the reasons I wanted to play that today. I, obviously, it's a it's a big moment in my radio career but also i just remember being so impressed by the man that i thought uh, while people were paying tributes to him that would be a tribute <laughs> that i could pay by having people listen to him and saying god damn it he was right all the time you were literally being a secretary of state i had a <laughs> legitimate impression. conversation about <laughs> <That's>... the world <laughs> oh my god the That's... world political uh, situation with a world leader doing a goofy voice. It makes <laughs> oh me, God. to this day, I get chills by the fact that of the situation that I was in. It's cr I don't know how you kept it together. To be honest, sheer sheer panic. That's insane. Sheer panic to keep that to keep that going throughout that conversation. Yeah, and not just bail on it. Thank God I didn't do the ultimate wacky morning DJ thing where I just said something stupid yes. or tried to punk him or saying you you this is we you got fooled or whatever no. i i had the wherewithal to just play it straight and then just try to oh, get off the phone with as much grace as i possibly could yeah it'd be it would be so bad to disrespect him especially after that conversation i mean he was just yeah so on point and i didn't want to embarrass him yeah but uh, as much as I tried to do it gracefully, it turned out everybody was furious with us afterwards. <laughs> yeah, as you I can, can imagine, see that. we were uh, sued by Jerry Lewis, <laughs> who said I, that uh, I had damaged his standing in the political, in the international political world, his standing. Because <laughs> to, to which I thought it was like, what do you think? <laughs> Does Jerry think that they're? That on every desk of world leaders around the world, there's a red phone that calls him in Vegas to get his take on, the, you know, on you politics. Foreign affairs, you think, Jerry Lewis. So he was very upset with us. Oh. The French were none too pleased uh, with that phone call. Did he ever make a comment, the president? Well, here's the thing. The, uh, the statement from the, the French consulate in America and the French government in general that was the, to never confirm that it was actually Jacques Chirac on the phone. They were they were asked, uh, did the president speak to this Yahoo 
radio personality. (laughs) And they said, uh, at this time, we cannot confirm that it was actually the president. Maybe they got punked. Maybe someone else on the other end of the phone was pretending to be the president was sort of what they were trying to allude to, I think, in order to save face. Of course. Because if you listen to that, it's absolutely Jacques Chirac. Yo, absolutely. But they never confirmed it nor denied that he talked to him on the phone. But yeah, there was there was a hell to pay. There was a considerate, a considerable amount of fallout, and rightly so. It was uh, it was ill advised. Wow. But again, I, I can't stress this strongly enough. We never in a million years assumed that we'd actually <laughs> get, get him, him on the phone. <laughs> that was our ultimate defense. Was we expected to fail the way we usually did on that show? <laughs> Spectacularly, that was going to be our ultimate intent. So the fact that he answered the phone and talked to Jerry Lewis was shocking yeah and the best defense you had was like i didn't turn it into a joke i turned that, it into a legitimate that was the conversation. saving grace that yeah. the people when they did listen to it didn't find anything particularly offensive yeah. by what i said or did although i did curse that you heard that one yeah, that, curse, uh, i did drop a motherfucker yeah. in there at one point but um so yeah wow. that was that was that and again i don't think that's been heard in its entirety for some time that's now, crazy i thought as we pay tribute to the uh, late president of france that would be inappropriate yeah Appropriate piece of tape to play. Yeah. So. I there. wish people listened. <laughs> We're back. Let's try to call the, the, the new French president. <laughs> Let's do that. Tomorrow. Wait a second. See if we can get him on the phone. Start the shit all over again. Wait a second. I'd get some subscribers. Uh, wouldn't it? Oh, boy. <laughs> I still get a queasy feeling when I hear that. It is a little uncomfortable listening Very to Very uncomfortable. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but, however, I do say, I got to say, when he says, no, I can tell by your voice that it is you. That's the ultimate compliment for a Yahoo uh, radio personality doing an impression. Oof. All right. Let's move on with the brand new show for this Monday, shall we? You know, on Mondays, what we like to do is take a look at the big calendar that hangs here on the Batcave wall. Every day of the calendar year has holidays associated with it. Some of them are legitimate. Some of them are bullshit. We break it all down for you in a segment called Holiday or Holiday. Holiday or holiday, please tell me what we celebrate, Ralph Garman. Today, the holidays for Monday, September 30th. I don't have a chance to do my Jerry Lewis much anymore. Uh, It is Monday, September 30th. What holidays fall on September 30th? Well, I'm going to tell you. It is National Love People Day, Eddie Pence. Love people? Love people. What's the definition of love people? They want us... To be tasked with understanding and unconditional love to all human beings on the planet. Wholeheartedly love our neighbors, Eddie, Hmm. with steadfast devotion. That will make the world a better place. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. It's hard to do. As they say. (laughs) Unconditional love. I can't. It's hard to do. I just can't. I aspire to that sort of elevated consciousness, but I... Don't. It's I hard. love people, the general concept of people. But when you break it down to individuals, oh, man. I'm, I'm at a loss. They're awful. <laughs> Unconditional love is hard in general. I realized as I look back over my life that I desperately uh, lack the ability to love unconditionally. I love my kid unconditionally. Of course. Of course. And I loved my parents unconditionally. Yeah. Those are the only three people I've ever been able well, they're to, from to, you to manufacture from them. them. Yeah. It's hard to. Everything else, I, I struggle. Yeah. So I, that's an, I think that's part of the human condition. <laughs> love people day. Look, I get it and I appreciate it. I'm all for it, but I can't do it. No. So I don't know how to I celebrate can't. this day. I can't. I was cursing people in my head before you even mentioned There's it. There's so many people. There's so many people. In this country, in this world right now that I really don't I love. I can't unconditionally love them. No, I can't either. So there you go. Today's also National Chewing Gum Day, Eddie. I'm a big gum fan. And I'm not saving this for the end because I know you're a big gum (laughs) fan. Big gum fan. So I thought we'd just celebrate it (laughs) on National Chewing Gum Day and uh, not put it up there. I got a food one I'm saving for you. Oh, good. But uh, I don't know if you know this. Did you know chewing gum is over 5,000 years old? I did not know that. Man has been chewing shit (laughs) for about as long as he possibly can. It helps. It's a mental thing, right? To be chewing something. It has a great many benefits yeah. to it. And I didn't realize that it was uh, it was so longstanding, though. I figured we habit. chewed like sap or something. We found something to chew back when we were cave people. You're a bit of a savant, Eddie right? Pence, because I'm going to tell you the story about the oldest piece of chewing gum that's ever been found. Ugh. 
A British archaeologist discovered a 5,000-year-old piece of chewing gum in 2007. Under a rock? Made from bark tar. Oof. With tooth imprints on it. The oldest piece of chewing gum was discovered in Finland, and they said the ancient people would chew bark tar. And they believed even this bark tar from this tree that they were chewing on had antiseptic properties and other medicinal advantages. Hmm. It was probably good for their teeth Yeah, 5,000 years ago when nobody was really brushing or flossing. I, yeah, probably more so than it would be now, yeah, that chewed yeah. gum. Then uh, from that point on, many other cultures chewed gum that was made from uh, resin from trees or plants or grass or what have you. It wasn't until 1848 that John B. Curtis developed and sold the first commercial chewing gum. It was called the State of Maine Pure Spruce Gum. It was made from spruce tar, spruce sap. It was probably awful. Then in uh, 1850, there was a gum made from paraffin wax that people were chewing. That surpassed the spruce gum in popularity and uh, so on and so on. But you're right, Eddie. Uh, chewing gum helps improve memory, reduce stress, and increases alertness. Hmm. Physically, it helps you improve your overall oral hygiene and also curbs cravings uh it helps you uh, not eat so much yeah, i do when i'm hungry improves your digestion as well yeah so there you go see big gum fan chew away it's also national mud pack day what? speaking of things that are good for you fudge pack no oh, mud, mud pack. pack sorry God damn it sorry i thought you said fudge this pack. is putting mud on your face <laughs> getting a facial you know about that eddie oh, pence i know about facials you get a mud pack treatment for your uh well, you can do it all over the entire skin surface but they say that man has been putting mud on his skin for about as long as there's been men in mud. I've never done that. First of all, it's very cooling, which is good. But the the mixture of the clay that they use and things like that are actually very beneficial to the skin. Hmm. It releases muscle tension, uh, releases toxins in the skin, boosts immunity. And if you have oily skin, it helps keep your skin clean and clear. And they found that certain kinds of mud packs also relieve pain and swelling in muscles. Uh, also in joints related to arthritis, helps with digestion, all kinds of stuff. And if you get a bee or a wasp sting, they say to this day, if you can pack mud onto it, it actually uh, helps with those. Oh, really? So there you go. I've never had a mud pack. Ever. I'm going to pack some mud. <laughs> Fudge? No, some mud <laughs> all over your face. Please. And, you know, <laughs> keep the food-related holidays for the end, because it's always fascinating to us here on the Ralph Board and to you listening, whether Eddie Pence will eat and or drink something that we talk about. You know how it works. I describe the day we're celebrating and the food therein, and then we pull the handle of the patented Eddie Pence jackpot slot machine. If three of those items come up on the reels, well, there's much rejoicing because that means Eddie Pence will actually take that into his mouth and swallow it. <laughs> I like how you described it. Thank you. And then if there's uh, if those reels don't match up, then it's just Eddie being Eddie. Today mm -hmm. is National Hot Mold Cider Day. Hot Mold Cider. You know, we're getting into the fall months, Eddie Pence. Yeah. Throughout the rest of the world. Not so much here in Southern no, California. This is the hottest month of the year. <laughs> it's been so fucking hot. But uh, around the fall time, people like to get a toasty mug of mold cider and sit there either in front of the fireplace or maybe gaze out on the trees as those leaves change to crimson, gold, and orange. The perfect time to enjoy this delightful drink as they're a little bit of crisp snap in the air. Mold cider, Eddie. What makes it mold? I'm going to tell the mold you. thing? Here's how you make mold cider. Okay. First of all, you take good old-fashioned apple cider. Mm -hmm. and then, like apple juice? No, it's apple cider. There's a difference. Juice is uh, filtered and purified and reduced down basically to just sugar water. Okay. But the, the, the cider, cider is actual pressed apple, so you still get some of that. Nice cloudy apple essence there in there as well. Okay. You take that and you you heat it almost to the point of boiling. Uh -huh. And then you add cinnamon and uh, orange peel zest and nutmeg and cloves and other spices. And then you just simmer it and let it sort of cook for a while. And then you take it off the stove and you pour it into a mug and you, you sip it as a hot drink. You can add booze too if you want to make a toddy out of it. But it's just straight up apple cider that has been mold and added with a bunch of spices and all kinds of fall flavors that make it an extra special drink for this time of year. Now, many people, I'm sure, enjoy a nice hot mug of cider, but will Eddie Pence drink it? That's the question. Let's pull the handle of the patented Eddie Pence jackpot slot machine. Here we go. All right, we got one mug, two mugs, and... Come on. It's too much. It's not too much of anything. It's too much. It's just right. It's, too, it's, like, it's like you're drinking hot pulpery. 
It's like someone took pulpery and heated it up. It's like, here, drink this. How refreshing is that? It's like, no, it's too it's much. It's not supposed to be refreshing, by the way. It's a warming wintertime drink that you sip, and it's supposed to warm you up, and it's full of fall flavors, like pumpkin spice, spiced oh, kind of things I, going well, on. I only do pumpkin and pie. Well, there's no actual pumpkin in it, but you know how pumpkin, pumpkin spice, spice is a popular flavor during the holidays because it's, it's got popular. a spice to it. It's got that nutmeg no. in it and cinnamon and mm -hmm. things like that. This has that in combination with apple. See, when I think apple, I think refreshing. Oh, my and God. And then you're, you're kind of fucking with my brain by making it not refreshing <laughs> well, apple. the last thing we want to do is fuck, no, with, fuck your with your brain. brain. It's, it, yeah. it's too much shit. The nutmeg and then the cinnamon. Oh, my God. And then you're heating it up. And no, you got to drink it too slowly. And I don't like things <laughs> sitting in my mouth. It's just too slow. I don't. If it was cold, maybe I could chug it, and it would be refreshing. Why do you have to chug it? Can't you take your time? Because I don't like things in my mouth. I don't like do keeping you, things in my mouth, except gum. Gum I'll keep in my mouth. Do you sip any hot beverage for pleasure? Hot chocolate. Right. So assume that it's like an apple. It's like a. It's like a apple version of hot chocolate. There's Think no, of it that's that. That's not way. a good thing. I don't want an apple version. <laughs> I want hot chocolate. I don't want an apple version of hot chocolate. I don't want it. It's literally like a, it's just literally like a cornucopia of fall crap that I don't want in water, and I I just don't want it. Cornucopia, by the way, that's gonna linger. That that one, <laughs> cornucopia, cornucopia, yes, whatever. We don't need that word. Yeah, we do. No, we don't. <laughs> well, you don't. Let's obviously. let's veto that word out of the English. Well, this is a hell of a welcome back for me. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> Sorry. You made me sad now over mold cider. <laughs> and that was today's holiday or holiday. Hey there, it's Ralph Garman here. I hope you're enjoying the show. And if you are, why not subscribe to the Ralph Report so you can hear it every day, Monday through Friday. For just 15 cents a day, you can be a one-star general supporter, and that will get you the show in your ear holes Monday through Friday. Of course, there are two, three, and four-star general levels as well, which gets you more bonus content and more access to me. So if you like what you're hearing, why not subscribe? Go to patreon.com slash the Ralph Report. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash the Ralph Report. Subscribe today so you don't miss a thing. All right, let's take a look at all the entertainment news on this Monday with a segment I call the Showbiz Beat. As you know, on Mondays, we like to take a look at the top 10 movies at the weekend's box office to get a handle on what people went to see in theaters over the weekend. Number one at the box office, a brand new movie for kids, or at least apparently for kids, but a lot of people went abominable. Oh, the really? movie about the little girl who makes friends oh, yeah. with the abominable snowman. Colton wants to see that. I got to take him to that. $20.8 million. That's pretty good. Made it number one at the box office, kicking Downton Abbey down there to number two. Oh, that was <laughs> number one last week. No, thanks. Downton Abbey. You fucking kidding me, you people? It's fucking hotel? Is it about a hotel? No. A house. It's about it's a, a house. house. People, old British people live in a house and they have servants. And they're cleaning their house and, for the king to come. And that's what the, the movie's about. Wow. Rich old Brits and Oof. their servants. Man. And I mock it and people who love that show get so angry. There's no me. like guy stealing something? No. There's no... There's not one CGI in it's the whole thing. not a predator involved? None. I'm out. Still it was number two and made $14.5 million. Then Hustlers Jennifer Lopez stripper movie came in at number three with 11.4 million. It chapter two was at number four. Ad Astra, bad, not not a big hit. Bad astronaut. <laughs> the bad astronaut. We found out that Ad Astra apparently is Latin for into the stars. Into the stars. Yeah, I like bad. It has astronaut. nothing to do with being a bad astronaut at all. <laughs> Ten million dollars. You know this Ooh. is uh, this is Ooh. an expensive film. Fox yeah. can't be happy. Actually, Disney can't Disney. be happy because they bought Fox and they had to release this sucker under their new umbrella, right. and they're gonna they're gonna take it in the shorts. Things like this are why Disney bought Fox. Yeah, I guess so. You won't see those kind of movies again. Nope. Rambo: Last Blood was number six with eight point five million dollars in its third week. Judy, the new uh, Judy Garland documentary oh. with uh, Renee Zellweger starring in it, made uh, three million dollars, but I think that was in limited release. Oh. Uh, Good Boys was number eight, then Lion King. And then Angel has fallen, fallen rather, rounding out the top. 10 I saw Freaks, and it was really good. Oh, 
Is that the one with the Shia LaBeouf? No, it's no. the one with um, it's got Bruce Dern in it, and it's oh, uh, it's about the guy keeping yes. the little girl in the house. Right. It's really good. Who's the dad in that? Uh, he played. He was in Into the Wild. What's his name? Right, Emil Hirsch. Emil yeah, Hirsch. We talked about that on the show. I didn't. And he's I, got the little girl. He won't let go outside because uh, the people out there are bad for it's her. It's really so good. you think you don't know. It's uh, you don't know whether he's insane or whether he's telling the truth. Apparently. I mean, whoever directed that, they should direct the X-Men movies that are going really? into the MCU. That's how, it's a good movie. And Bruce Dern's like the creepy ice cream guy. Right, right but it's yeah. not what you think. It's not is. what you think. Yeah. All right. Well, good. It's a good film. All right, check it out. Um, speaking of uh, crazy people, I don't know if you saw Donald, uh, um, not Donald Trump, uh, Robert De Niro talking about Donald Trump yesterday on CNN. He went on their morning, Sunday morning political show called Reliable Sources. Brian Selter is the guy who hosts that. And yeah. he got a rare interview with Robert De Niro talking about the possible impeachment of President Trump. And wow, De Niro does not disappoint when you get him wound up talking about President Trump. That's for sure. He went off yesterday on him saying he was a gangster. And who knows about gangsters better than right. Robert De Niro? Um, that he was probably crazy. And so Brian Stetler, excuse me, Stelter, I always get that name wrong. He um, challenged De Niro on the fact that, you know, when you do this, when you go crazy like this, the, the folks on the other side of the aisle, especially Fox News, they get to take shots at you. And he, he addressed De Niro about that. And here was De Niro's response. This guy is should not be president, period. And when you say that, folks on Fox come after you. I remember the Tonys when he got up there and cursed. A lot of Fuck criticism em. of you. Fuck him. Okay, well, you know, this is cable, Sorry. so it's not an FCC violation, <laughs> but it is still a Sunday morning. Yeah, it's Sunday morning, Bob. Don't, don't say fuck on Sunday come morning. Come on, people are just getting home from church. <laughs> Fuck him. Fuck him. Fuck him. God, I couldn't love that man anymore. He is everything you want him to be, wow. De Niro. He is. Fuck him. Uh, by the way, The Irishman, that movie, uh, the new Scorsese movie starring uh, him, apparently getting rave reviews. Three and a half hours long, they say, but it's uh, worth... I can't wait to see it. ...worth the uh, the price of admission. So wow. there you go. There's Bobby <laughs> D going off. Um, this is a disturbing story. Director Rob Cohen, who directed The Fast and the Furious, as if that wasn't reason enough to yeah. damn him. <laughs> damn him right to hell. <laughs> He apparently is accused of sexual assault. Oh, fuck him. An actress who was then uh, 28 years old back in 2015 say, yeah. that says that she felt uh, drugged after a meeting with him about a TV show. And when she came to, there he was um, in between her legs, oh. first with his face in her crotch and then trying to insert his penis into her when she came to. She was able to fight him off, made her way to the vom uh, to the bathroom. She had to vomit uh, due to the fact that she believed she was drugged. So she told the Huffington Post about this story. Now, I, I again, I, I choose to always um, not believe, but to, listen. To get, listen, listen to the uh, to the complaints and to yeah. the stories of women who claim sexual assault. But what I want to know is why is she talking to the Huffington Post? Why isn't she talking to the police? Yeah. Now, she didn't identify herself in the story because she didn't want to, to be identified. Perhaps that's why she's Maybe. not going to the police. But, boy, I sure wish more women would in this in these situations when this happens. Yeah. So, um, anyway. Um, more disgusting people in the news. Remember Bagel Guy? We talked about Yeah, him. Bagel Boss. Bagel Boss, who couldn't use the name Bagel Boss right. because there was a, a chain of bagel stores right. called Bagel Boss. So now he's just Bagel Guy. The bagel Guy. <laughs> He was supposed to be in a celebrity boxing match. Yeah, with um, uh, Lenny Dykstra. Lenny Dykstra initially, but yeah. then Dykstra had to, to bail out because he's got some legal issues yeah. that he's dealing with. And so Screech stepped in, Dustin Diamond right. stepped in <laughs> to replace Lenny Dykstra. They were supposed to fight. Now the Bagel Boss has announced over the weekend that he is not going to engage in the celebrity boxing either. He Why? is also pulling out. Why? Because he doesn't want to get hit, Eddie. <laughs> He realizes his 15 minutes is almost up, and he's got to take advantage of his 15 minutes. More importantly, minutes. you realize boxing, by definition, involves being hit. But it's Screech. Screech is about 6'2", well, by yeah. the way. <laughs> Bagel, Bagel guy's about 5'2". Go right at his nuts. I'm saying maybe you don't get into the celebrity <laughs> boxing game if you have some sort of fear of being hit. Because no matter who you fight, you could fight Emmanuel Lewis. <laughs> You're gonna get you're gonna get hit <laughs> somehow, some way during the course of a boxing match. You will be hit. Don't they wear headgear in those? Yes, but you still get hit. All right. He doesn't want to be hit at all. Period. And he went on Twitter on Saturday bragging about how smart he was and how he burned us all. 
Listen to this rant. <laughs> I fooled you all. <laughs> I'm coming to the fight. <laughs> I mean, after all, what's the best way to really not get hit? Don't be there. <laughs> and now look at you. You're all sitting there with your thumbs way, way directly up your asses. <laughs> He sure got us. Wow. Wow. I was really dying to see that. We were all really into it. We were yeah. all waiting, bagel guy, for you and Screech to get into the fucking <laughs> ring. You, you sure fooled us. Thank Boy, God. are we bummed. <laughs> oh. He's sitting by himself in his car recording that, by the way. You know, I would wish him ill for being such a dick, but then it strikes me. He's got to spend his whole entire life yeah, being himself. Being himself. And at one one at some point he's he sits alone and just cries about it. I can't wish anything worse on him no. than what he's already right. dealing with. Yeah, there's so much there that he just he has to deal with when he's alone by himself. Yeah. And I would get no pleasure out of Screech getting a win over Bagel Guy in the ring. Either, I don't want so. to see either one of them televised or promoted at all anymore. So yeah. it, it worked out well. I'm assuming he's gonna have to give back whatever paltry sum he was getting <laughs> for this fight, but we'll wait and see. <laughs> I'm a big fan of... Do you read it all? Are you a reader at all? Occasionally. Here's what I read. I like to read autobiographies. Yeah. Especially of people that I respect and or enjoy their work. So yes. I read a lot of show-busy kind of autobiographies. I just tweeted about one last week, by the way, and I'll mention it again. If you haven't read John Cryer's autobiography called So That Happened, it's such an entertaining read. Hmm. Or what I did was I got the audible version that he reads himself. Yeah. You can listen to him talk about his life. Great stuff. But there's a brand new one that is coming out, I think, tomorrow? It is Debbie Harry from Blondie, who I love. She has written a tell-all autobiography about her life in rock and roll. And the stories that this woman has are nuts. I cannot wait to read this. Here's a few excerpts that everyone's already talking about this week. Uh, turns out, when Debbie Harry was opening up for David Bowie and Iggy Pop in 1977... She had a very interesting experience with the two men. They were in New York City, and they were complaining that their cocaine dealer had suddenly died. And so they asked Deborah Harry if she had any coke on her. And she happened to have a gram lying around. Uh, of course. So she pulled it out, and she says the two of them consumed a gram of cocaine in a single snort each. So they split it into two, and they both polished off a gram in one snort. That's a lot, right? That is a considerable Because I don't know anything cocaine. about cocaine. It's a remarkable a amount of cocaine. Okay. Yes. In appreciation, David Bowie said, I want to show you something, and pulled out his dick. <laughs> How else would you want to be appreciated other than David Bowie? She dick? says in her new book, which is called <laughs> Face It, by the way, if you're interested, David's size was notorious. He loved to pull it out for men and women. It was so sexy, she said, really? to see his enormous penis. Yes. Her only complaint, Eddie? Yeah. I had to wonder why Iggy didn't let me have a closer look at his dick, she said. So apparently she was looking for more. Well, if if Bowie's whooping out his 10-inch or whatever he's got, I mean, I don't know if Iggy's got that. So That's Iggy's a good point. So doesn't want to be like, well. Maybe he, Iggy was just intimidated. Yeah. You don't want to be an, a runner-up right. in, that, in that particular context. If John Holmes is sitting there and whips it out, you're like, well, I'm not going to pull yeah, it. I'll, just, I'll sit this I'll, one out. <laughs> I don't blame you. Uh, she also says that uh, she gave the idea to her one-time boyfriend, Penn Gillette, about building a custom-made jacuzzi that had their jets positioned for ultimate clitoral stimulation. Hmm. So she would get off in the jacuzzi with uh, Penn Gillette. Why not? She said uh, she, pat uh, she invented the orgasmatron tub, as she calls it. <laughs> he patented it, she says, and she, she adds, I kept waiting for his wife to at least send me flowers. But she never did, apparently, mm. because she thought she was getting the benefits of her invention. I would imagine. And rightly so. And this is the creepiest one. One time in the 70s, she was walking to a party, and a, a guy pulled up in a car, a handsome man, she said, and offered her a ride. She got inside the car, and when she was in it, she realized, first of all, the driver had terrible body odor. But more importantly, she realized that there was uh, no way to open the door from the inside. That's creepy. The door, the, ha the, the window would only open a crack. She couldn't roll down the window all the way. So she had to reach her arm through that crack and strain around to try to open the door from the outside. And the driver, in a panic, took a sharp turn as the door opened and she flew out onto the New York sidewalk and uh, had to walk the way to the wow. rest of the party. That's frightening. It gets worse. She realized after the fact, once the news broke about a particular serial killer, 
The driver was Ted Bundy. Oh, my God. She had just barely escaped becoming a possibly another victim of serial oh killer my Ted God. Bundy. This is like the worst Forrest Gump story of all time. She has some stories. Oh, my God. Again, the book's called Face It. It's out tomorrow. I am definitely What a life. I hope there's an audio version so I can hear her tell the story. Speaking of disturbing things, Batwoman star Ruby Rose was on uh, Instagram over the weekend, and she posted a video of her getting neck surgery. (laughs) It is a full-blown medical quality video of her getting neck surgery that I never want to see again. Because people were asking, apparently, of this scar that she has at the base of her throat. She right. calls it her Pez dispenser scar. Right. And it turns like out a thyroid be- because removal? of the stunts that she had been doing, she damaged uh, several vertebrae in her neck. Oh. And they said if she didn't get emergency surgery, she could potentially be paralyzed. Oh, Stone Cold Steve Austin had that. Sure. Well, we all remember that. <laughs> well, he has a scar there for the same reason. Yeah. So they, apparently when they operate on your neck... They have to go in through there. They go through your throat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to know anything yeah, yeah. about that. <laughs> I ain't got no time for that. <laughs> but this video shows them moving the vocal oh, cords and oh, everything. Oh. It is so graphic. Mm-mm. I should show it to you. No, you let's not. Anyway, uh, so if you want to check that out, it's on her Instagram. But I got to tell you, it's a, it's a tough watch. Mm-mm. Not for me. No. While we're talking about superheroes, we didn't get a chance to talk about this story. It broke last week, and of course, I was on vacation. But Spider-Man yes. will stay in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes. Now, they told us at the time it had nothing to do with money. It's because Kevin Feige was so busy, right. he couldn't possibly produce another Spider-Man no. film. Well, I guess his schedule cleared up somehow. <laughs> because now that they have a new financial deal in place, suddenly he's got some more free time yeah, on does. his hands. Even though he's doing the next Star Wars movie. Yeah, he's doing a Star Wars say. movie now, too. Yeah. Here's what happened. Uh, The new deal was signed late on Thursday night last week, and the deal is considerably better for Disney, although not what they wanted. Apparently, they wanted like a 50-50 deal in terms of the profits. They're going to like 25, right? Sony offered them roughly 25% of the profits. They still retain all the merchandising rights, which is a huge deal, and they will put up in exchange a quarter of the financing versus the uh, 50% they put up prior to it. So everybody gets a little something, loses a little something. But more importantly, they will be producing the next Spider-Man film. And as part of the arrangement, Spider-Man gets to appear in one future Marvel Studios film as right. well. As of now, just one more. But The fans win. That's we'll what's important. That's what is important. I was glad to see this happen because I really didn't expect it to happen. But you never know. I guess if you stay optimistic, sometimes these things work out. Made me think of Jeff Goldblum when they asked him on the red carpet about the situation. And he had no idea what they were talking about, <laughs> but remained somehow remarkably optimistic, <laughs> although he sounds quite insane. Here's a little audio. Why do, why do you think Spider-Man is such an important part of the MCU? Because there may be a little divorce happening. No, oh, this is the first I've heard of it. Save Spider-Man? Uh, I'm crestfallen. Save, what's happening? I didn't know any of this. So Sony and Marvel are having a hard time coming to terms on the agreement to co-produce Spider-Man. So it's looking like Spider-Man may go back to Sony and not be part of the MCU anymore. I'm not a business person. You're speaking, whatever you say is Greek to me, but to all these, the mountains of Broduchore and and, uh, I don't know, it'll all work out, I'm sure. Uh, hey, good luck. Uh, I'll figure it out. <laughs> He's awesome. I want nothing more than to sit down with Jeff Goldblum and just hear him talk about the world. I want to be Jeff Goldblum. My to God. not give an utter shit about anything. And yet be completely joyful and optimistic. Right. As I'm saying, just like, wow, to go through life like that. All right. He's the best. Wow. And today's the day. By the time you listen to this, uh, it may have already happened. Justin Bieber and his wife, Haley Bieber are walking down the aisle again. This time it's for all their friends and family. The first time they did it in a courthouse, but Mm -hmm. now they're doing it a big, big wedding for all the friends and family. They're doing it in South Carolina, down where where your folks are. We're in South Carolina. They're doing it at the Montage Palmetto Bluff Resort. Are you familiar with the Montage down there? It is a private 20,000-acre resort that has uh, many uh, homes you can also buy in there, but it has a hotel and a golf course and all that kind of stuff. Right, nestled right up against the May River. Are you familiar with the May no, River? No, not. Yeah. Well, they've got um, they've got chapel there and everything. Here's the problem. Yeah. Uh, 185 guests. Uh-huh. They're taking over the resort, 
But there are people who are also vacationing at the resort, and they have been informed by the management that none of the facilities or amenities will be available to them during, you during this week due to the Justin Bieber wedding. So they can just stay in the room, I guess, and order room service. That's too. unreal. And but I don't know if you've ever stayed at a montage resort. There's, no. there's about a half a dozen of them around the United States. This is a pricey place. Yeah. This is not a cheap stay. And so you go there. If you're there now, if you're there, if you're staying accidentally, booked your trip <laughs> to, to, to cross over this Monday, you don't get to use any of the facilities. It's wow. Because the people like plan their whole year around their trip. Yeah. And, and spend a shit ton of money to stay there. As oh, well. I would rage. I would be so furious. Oh. And, you know, I'm not, uh, I, I, I take great pains to not sort of cross the streams to use a Ghostbusters reference. Yes. Uh, when it comes to the other stuff that I work on, uh, especially Hollywood Babylon. I know we have a lot of Hollywood Babylon fans. And, um, you know, I, I love that show and we do that show. And then Eddie and I, we do this show. And I try to keep them separate for the most part. But I think today of all days, <laughs> you'll excuse me. Team up. If I, if I play a little jingle that you might be familiar with if you listen to Hollywood Babylon. Justin Bieber. Nobody fucking needs ya. True words were never spoken. Wow. Good time for a crossover. Speaking of Hollywood Babylon, uh, over the weekend, the news broke about an actor named Rob Garrison. Rob Garrison was a sweet, sweet guy. He was one of the stars of Karate Kid and Karate Kid 2. And just recently, he was on Cobra Kai Kai as well as one of the original members of the uh, Cobra Kai uh, dojo. Dojo, yeah. So anyway, Rob was a good man. He passed away on Friday at the age of 59, very young to go, hospitalized with kidney and liver issues last month, and his organs finally shut down Mm. during treatment, and he passed away there in West Virginia where he was living. And the reason I bring it up in conjunction with Hollywood Babylon is because when we were doing our pilot for the Hollywood Babylon TV show for AMC, we were coming up with different segments and things to do to sort of make a TV version of Hollywood Babylon. And one of the writers on the show came up with the idea to capitalize on my love of character actors to do a segment called, hey, it's that guy from that movie. Right. Where I would sit down and talk to uh, actors who were famous maybe for just one particular role or one particular scene. And Rob was the guy in Karate Kid who screams, get him a body bag, <laughs> yeah. He's that guy and that le- that line had become legendary and we thought it'd be fun to talk with Rob. So we flew Rob out from West Virginia And we sat down and we did a very funny segment with Rob. And I got to hang out with him for the day. And we remained friends after the fact. And he was such a good guy. And I was so saddened by his uh, passing. So what I'd like to do for the two, three, and four star generals, those of you who get the bonus video content, I'm going to post a little, that that piece from the Hollywood Babylon pilot because uh, obviously the pilot never aired because they didn't pick up the show. But I would like to pay tribute to Rob by playing that segment. I think you'll fall in love with him, too, when you see it. So uh, check later today on Patreon.com. I'll send you a link to that video, as we say. Yeah, he's uh, only at 59. 59. So yeah. young. Pay tribute to Rob Garrison. Again, such a sweet guy. And it was funny. You know, he was desperate to resume his acting career. But he was in a relationship with a woman years ago in West Virginia where he grew up. And there was a, a, a daughter that resulted from that relationship. Yeah. And because of shared custody, he couldn't take his daughter to California to resume his career. So he settled in West Virginia, went back home and lived there the remainder of his days because he couldn't bear to be be, be away from his daughter. Yeah, that's kind of good guy, this guy. That's a noble thing to do. So again, uh, check, uh, check your mailbox. I'll be sending out that link later today so you can watch that segment that I did with Rob as we pay tribute to him. All right, let's take a look at all the celebrity birthdays today, all these stars born on September 30th. Rapper T-Pain is 35 years old today. Buy You a Drank is the name of that track. Let's get drunk, forget what we did. Yes. I like that plan. <laughs> T-Pain was sort of one of the pioneers of the auto-tune. Yeah. 
which made it possible for anyone to sing. Yeah. We should auto-tune you sometime. We should totally auto-tune me. We should me. totally fix your voice. If I can find out how to auto-tune someone. Please auto-tune me. Then we'll auto-tune you. I could have a career. You could. Uh, also born on this day, Angie Dickinson. The actress is 88 years old today. Policewoman on television, of course. Many feature films as well. Singer Johnny Mathis, one of the great romantic balladeers of all time, is 84 years old. Chances are, cause I wear a silly grin The moment you come into view Chances are you think that I'm in love with you I defy you to find another podcast that is playing T-Pain and Johnny <laughs> Mathis back to back. Or me. Or, or Eddie Pence for that matter. <laughs> uh, actress Crystal Bernard from Wings is 58 years old today. Actor Eric Stoltz is also 58. Mm. You right? No, I just I always get sad about Eric Stoltz because of the Black the Future thing. Well, makes me he sad. wasn't good in I it. I know, but it just to be... Had he been in it, it wouldn't be the movie that we all no, know. No, I know, I know. It, it, it worked out better for everyone. I know, but just being like you're in that movie for a month, and like, yeah, I'm sorry, bye. He got to be the mask, though. He was... He was, he was <laughs> That's a good trade-off. He was rusty or yeah. whatever the fuck he be was. the fucking mask what and was not the called? funny one. Was it called the mask? It was called mask. It was oh, called mask. mask. Right. The mask The mask Jim is Carrey. a funny... Smoking! That Wait, wasn't that one. The means a lot. Yeah. Um... Uh, guitarist John Lombardo <laughs> from a band called 10,000 Maniacs is 67 years old today. These are days you remember. Never before and never since Actor Barry Williams forever known as Greg Brady of the Brady Bunch is 65 years old. You know, they got that show airing now. The, yeah. Uh, the Brady Bunch, very, very Brady very, renovation. Yes. It's the biggest gro- um, rated show for HGTV really? in the history of the network or something. Wow. Showing nostalgia still sells. Fran Drescher is 62 years old today. Best known, I guess, for The Nanny, that show she had yeah, on. Yeah, that laugh. Oh. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, God damn it. <laughs> Sounds like a fucking goat. I find I found her attractive for a long time uh, because I knew her from Spinal Tap. Yeah, she played Bobby Fleckman. That's right. Who worked for the record label? And I remember seeing her in that movie again. Damn, that girl's hot. And then the nanny came out. And that sound makes my penis <laughs> crawl inside my body, so it has the opposite effect. Uh, Monica Bellucci. Speaking of uh, attractive ladies, she is 55 years old today. Tony Hale from Veep and Arrested Development. How great is Tony Hale? He's one of my favorites. In everything he does always. One of my favorites. God damn it. He's too talented. Makes me sad. He's 49 years old today. Singer Marilyn McCoo, who had a career with her uh, husband, Billy Davis Jr., had a lot of hits, but best known, I guess, for the band The Fifth Dimension. She's 76 years old today. You don't have to be a star. Actress Jenna Elfman is 48 years old today. I, I know a guy who was uh, yelled at her. Uh, not yelled at her. It was yelled at. Yelled by, yelled yelled at at her. by her. <laughs> yelled at him by her? God damn it. He was yelled at by her. Right. Yes. Because he was wearing a Scientology is so gay t-shirt with a picture of John Travolta on it. <laughs> well, there's nothing false about and that And she shirt. accosted him in the street saying... What are your crimes? Have you raped babies? I mean, they go into that defense uh, mode uh, thing, you know, because she's a hardcore Scientologist. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was it changed my opinion of Dharma yeah, for me some too. time after that. Marion Cotillard. Who? The French actress. Marion Cotillard. No, no, no. You know her. She know. was uh, Talia know. Al Ghul from the Dark Knight franchise. Okay. Yeah. She is uh, 44 years old today. Sylvia Peterson. Singer from the girl group The Chiffons is 73 years old today. One of the great girl groups of the 60s.
Actress Lacey Chabert from Mean Girls and Party of Five. And, a little trivia, the voice of Meg Griffin for the first season of Family Guy. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. it was a different voice, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. 37 years old today. And bape, bapist? <laughs> nope. Bassist Robbie Takak. I think that's how you say his name. Takak? Takak. T-A-K-A-C? How else would you say it? I don't know. Takak? Takak? Takak. Takak. I like Takak better. <laughs> Sounds like a, a Chicago guy Ta-cack. talking about his dick. Hey, check out the cack right here. <laughs> Look at the cack on that guy. Uh, he's a bassist for the Goo Goo Dolls. He is 55 years old today. And I don't want the world to see me Cause I don't think that they'd understand When everything's made to be broken I just want you to know Check out the cack on that guy. The huge cack. Happy birthday, the cack. <laughs> hey, that was fun. I'm glad we did this. This was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah, this was a good welcome Not back. Bad. Except for that whole mold cider thing. Uh, That's it for the Celebrity Birthdays. I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the showbiz beat. Join us tomorrow when we continue a brand new week of Ralph Report episodes. Tomorrow, of course, being Tuesday means we're going to take a look at one of your favorite TV theme songs of all time and give you the history behind that. Also, all the entertainment news. And we'll uh, check out some of your voicemails as well. We didn't have a chance to get to that today because we had a long show. But we will hear from you on the uh, Ralph Report hotline. Love to hear from you guys. Eddie Pence, good to see you again. You too. Glad to be back. I'm happy to be back as well. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for joining us. Love you. Mean it. Bye. (laughs) 